hey, we're going to fight. Well, no, we're not. Well, I'm going to make you fight. Well, I'll wait for you to make me fight then. <laughs> oh, Josh, I don't think you should review comics anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness, brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and Josh. Cowabunga! Cowabunga, dudes and dudettes, and welcome to another episode of Turtle Flakes. I am your host, Rob, and join with me, as always, is my partner in Ninja Turtle Crime, the... Raphael to my Leonardo, or I guess you're probably more like Michelangelo, and I'm probably more like, no, I'm not Donatello. Anyways, it's Josh. How are you, buddy? Hi, everyone. Hi, I'm fine. Hey. <laughs> Tripping over the intros like always, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, buddy, how have you been doing? Uh, not too bad. Just um, just doing the same things, just writing, reading a lot of stuff, uh, trying to get a YouTube channel going, really just. Hanging out, doing that stuff. That's about it. I've been, I've been noticing. I've been kind of off and on Facebook, uh, th- you know, throughout the last couple of weeks. And man, I've been seeing all the links for the uh, articles you've been writing. Man, uh, I know you did one on some new. Was it NECA figures coming out? Yeah, NECA just announced yesterday, um, unofficially through Twitter because that's what the kids do. Um, <laughs> Old man, Josh. Damn. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't do Twitter because like Nicole has tw- my wife. Nicole has Twitter. And she's like, Josh, you cannot be on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot do it. Okay, fine. I, I didn't ask why. I'm just taking it at face value. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. No, oh, yeah. It's about uh, NECA. Oh, no, 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 NECA. Uh, so, like, to go along, to coincide with the uh, seven inch 1990 movie figures that they released this February through GameStop. Uh, NECA Toys uh, announced their Comic-Con exclusive, their 2019 San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. Uh, turtle figures, at, at least these. this is the Turtles figures that we know that are coming so far. No mention of any new ones outside of those. I don't know why there would need to be any more. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're going to do a 1990 movie version of Shredder, Splinter, and Two Foot Soldiers at a 7-inch scale. So you can, and it'll come with enough accessories to recreate that scene of when Splinter was captured by the Foot Clan, mm-hmm. and I think that's pretty cool. It's going to retail at one hundred and twenty-five dollars for the. It's a big four-pack. It's a big box set, and um, let's see if you can't make it to Comic Con to San Diego Comic Con, like ninety-nine percent of the people that are probably going to listen to this, yeah. Um, they're going to hold an open pre-order for them on NECA's online store website between June 5th and June 7th. The pre-orders will be uh, available between those three days. They'll be very limited, and they're probably going to sell out within the first hour. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to try my best to get them, but I'm not really going to hold out any hope. 
Especially when, in reality, the only one I want is Splinter. But nah, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm I still I wasn't taking Neca's little announcement very the pre-announcement to their announcement because they were like, "Hey, we're gonna start announcing Turtle Toys," and I was like, "Okay." The thing that I don't like about Neca is they've been promoting the the same like five Ninja Turtle action figures for the last three Comic Cons in San Diego which are the video game versions of Bebop from Turtles in Time, uh, the video game versions of Bebop, Rocksteady, Slash, and General Trag and Granitor. Mm. I was like, and they're admittedly, they're cool looking figures. And I understand that they have a lot of licensing uh, deals to that. They're hindered by from playmates being like, you can't release those yet. You can't do that yet. You can't release those uh, outside of Comic-Con. You can't make them outside of an online exclusive. There's so many restrictions put upon them by Playmates Toys because they have the, the licensing rights and all these things. But then NECA seemingly is the absolute king of the fact where they're just like, we're just going to keep teasing you. And one day you probably won't have these because they're going to sell out immediately. It's like, yeah, oh, well. Josh, you got away with words. <laughs> Dude, I'm not gonna buy your stuff then, and then I do, and I feel like Cowabunga! And <laughs> oh, well, you know, yeah, but there that is. So. Well, you know, I'll tell you, there is a solution to all this that I'm so thankful I have found, and yeah. it's that I am broke. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I can't afford them, even if I wanted them. Um, no, it, honestly, they they do look great. I mean, the figures NECA does a nice job with the figure designs. I just can't afford them. I never, I never could. And with the with the little bit of spending money that I have every every month, um, you know, usually I just kind of invest that in the comics. You know, kind of the the side series of the turtles. And I'm telling you, I've been lately, I've been kind of in purge mode because. You know, just trying to save up for summer. It's been a crazy month and everything. Um, yeah. My wife, she's not contracted or i mean she's contracted uh through the public school system but she's not salaried and so every extra penny we usually just put that towards summer savings and any emergencies things like that but anyways so i've been clearing out a lot of my stuff in the garage that's where the turtle air is i haven't messed with any of the turtle stuff but i'm starting to kind of get rid of some of my older comics that that really i just they're like in the middle of a run from Batman Volume 3 or whatever it might be. You know, things yeah. like that. So I'm just kind of minimizing a little bit and just making more room for Turtle stuff along one side of the wall. In the end, it'll be still less stuff in the garage yeah. um, right. and more space for Chris Beth. She, we're going to set up an art studio for her. And, uh, and yeah, that's basically been about it. I've just been kind of clearing out some space and – Kind of pinching the pennies for a couple of months until, uh, yeah, until yeah, work starts regular regularly, and that actually reminds me, I am so sorry for the big gap in recording, guys. It's all me. It's never Josh. Josh is ready to go every week. It's me. Mm-hmm. This is usually a time of year in May. Uh, we're recording. Uh, the day for this is looks like May twenty fifth. Um, and our last episode that we uploaded was April 20th. Yeah, yeah, and I am so sorry, guys. Um, that is all on me. This is usually the busiest time of year, and I'm thinking maybe I wish we could either put some episodes in the bank or just tell people up front, you know, there's going to be well, a little – oh, go ahead. I mean what we should do every month, every year is just be like, hey, we have hiatus in May. Every May we have hiatus. 
Almost we almost treat the show like seasons, you know, like season seven return in June or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I mean, and and like because I mean, you told me that I could start uh, doing solo podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And the only reason I haven't done that is because I've been trying to put out content on my own on my personal stuff here, Mm -hmm. and that's why I've been sharing. I mean, that's why I've been sharing it through uh, our Facebook stuff. And plus, I just I don't really know if I want to. I don't I don't really know if I can do just a solo podcast. I probably could. It's hard, but <laughs> I I, I, I kind of feel like I could, but I don't think it would be. I think I would like it. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. really about it. Well, that, yeah. well, that's that's another thing. I'm glad you brought that up too, because um, the Turtle Tales podcast is which is one I I talk about the um, the the tales of the TMNT comic books. I I've had full intentions on recording that second episode. And, you know, this past month has just been ridiculously crazy at work between state testing, between field trips I've had to plan, dances I've had to organize because I'm on the dance committee. <laughs> Which, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, the, the, it, long story short, it's it's definitely the busiest time of the year for me as a teacher. But some, uh, teachers – or teachers over. School is over. So now I have a lot more time on my hands to actually work on these things. But, Josh, you're exactly right. I – um. I definitely want to kind of give people a heads up next time that in May just we'll take a little break. We'll be back full force in June because I know some people might have unsubscribed, you know, between now and and April was our last episode. So and I'm so sorry for that. Just please stick with us. Know that we are never going anywhere unless we say, you know, give you a heads up about it Um, and just always kind of assume that we're coming back. And again, I'm. This is part of the reason why I don't think I'd ever want to do a Patreon page because I am just not consistent enough to put out content all the time, you know. And yeah. I have major respect for podcasts that are able to do that. I one of my favorite shows is Smart Wrestling Fan. Um, it's SmartWrestlingFan.com is the website. I've been listening to them for over twelve or thirteen years now. They put out an episode every single week, and like, how do you do that? And they're not just, you know. A, 10 20 minute episode they are three and a half hour shows sometimes i mean yeah. how do you do that my guess is they don't edit much in you know as far as that goes me i have to I, i'm not very gifted in just kind of going off the cuff so i 90 of what i edit like i always say is me it's my uhs and ums my stuttering my rambling all that stuff but I just apologize for you know the the lack of content for the last month or so, but we are back and we're really excited because we're covering some really great stuff today. We are on issue ninety three of the IDW Mutation Station, where that's what we're doing today. And mm-hmm. tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, next episode, we will be covering issue ninety four because it'll be coming out. I think the date was it was next Wednesday, which is the twenty ninth of May. So. That'll be the next uh, episode we talk about the latest issues. So at least now that we're back, we're talking about the most current stuff. So we're very excited about that. And before we jump into the issue, I do have some old feedback that I definitely want to get out of the way and, and apologize to Zach and Derek, who sent these emails in quite some time ago. But I'll read the first one from Zach. It says, what's up, Turtle Flakes crew? This is Zach from Booyaka Show. Awesome show, guys. Go check it out. And I just wanted to write in to say what's up and share my thoughts on the third Turtles movie while y'all are talking about it. Well, sorry, buddy. That was a month ago. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like most Turtles fans who saw this as a kid and now occasionally rewatch it as an adult, 
I have a sort of love-hate relationship with the film. As a kid, my brother and I watched the second and third Turtles films way more than the first. Wow, that's, that's crazy. That was kind of the opposite. Despite the different looking Turtles, this film always pulled me in with humor and samurai action. The humor doesn't hold up quite as well these days, but I still love the action scenes and I love that Mikey and Raph get heartfelt subplots with Mitsu and Yoshi, respectively. I completely agree. I also think that this movie planted the seed for my appreciation of samurai movies, so that's another aspect of the Turtles' history that has stuck with me through my life. Rob, I appreciate you appreciate what you said about kind of resetting your brain and trying to watch these older movies through the eyes of a child. You guys all commented on the fact that it's hard to watch the stuff as an adult because we tend to overthink everything, and I'm definitely guilty of that. Uh, I think we all are, buddy. Your coverage of the flick has been rad so far, especially the time travel gag you all pulled off. That was awesome. Great work, Turtle Flakes. Appreciate what you all bring to the Turtle Podcasting world. You take care. Zach, thank you, and I appreciate uh, your, your show as well, man. I I know they Buick's show is an excellent show that covers the Nickelodeon cartoon, and I think he's even doing some of the Rise of the TMNT cartoons as well. But yeah. Zach's also sprinkled in some, some comic reviews uh, too, and, um, you know, big slice of pizza goes out to our buddy Zach. And uh, thanks for the kind words about the skit. I always love doing those. That's my guilty pleasure. I agree with him about the subplots for Mikey and Raph. You know, Turtles 3 kind of did that. There, there's a lot of things that Turtles 3 did that none of the other movies did that um, is often overlooked because, let's face it, it's kind of popular to rag on that one. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm glad to to read another positive email on that from a fellow podcaster. Good stuff. Yeah, that that was definitely a lot of fun watching that movie. Um, that's a movie that it's almost – it's uh, the old Simpsons joke about stop beating him up. He's already dead. <laughs> like, yeah, we, we get it. That movie's not as popular for whatever reason. You know, just, yeah, sure. All right, just deal with it. You know, <laughs> if you don't it, – it, I don't know. It go, there's a, there's a a lot of vitriol within like it's mostly it, it's embarrassing because it's mostly like guys our age and a, <laughs> yeah that are just of, like bunch of dads. It looks like crap and I was like, well then you try to animate a TV show or shoot a major motion picture it's like <laughs> none of you know how to do it because none of you are doing it you know it's just like it's like that's why I have reservations about talking about this comic book today because like. I don't write comics. I don't know what that writing a hundred issues consistently is like. I have no clue about that. You know, it's just like, and I'm, I'm firmly of the belief of like, if you don't like something, just say it once and then move on. Because like, what's the point of just like constantly giving something you don't like attention? Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad I had a lot of fun watching it with you guys, especially with like, Jay Weezy, like it was hilarious watching Jay Weezy like openly hate the movie at the beginning of the episode, being like, "Well, it's not that bad." You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's our review. It's not that bad. I, I, not- I honestly think that is our review, a summary of our review, perfectly for Turtles Three. Yeah, it's not as bad as you've heard. Yes, you know, it's, yes, it, it isn't. It isn't. Yeah. Well. Well, good deal, and thanks again, Zach, for the email there. And then our last email for the day comes from Derek Dowdy. He says, Hey, guys, I'm a relatively new listener. Been a subscriber since probably November of 2018 and been burning up your backlog ever since. Oh, bless your heart. I am so sorry. That's a poof. God bless him. (laughs) That's all I got to say. 
I've avoided some of the newer episodes as I catch up to the IDW series. I'm on issue 86 now, right now, and I got there from all the compendiums that IDW released from Amazon. I think currently the compendiums stop at 66, so I've, for the first time ever, hit up my local comic shop to catch up. That's awesome. Okay, I admit I bought issues 67 through 86 from mycommonshop.com. Ah, we've all done that, buddy. Thankfully, from Worksteady's suggestions on the show. Thanks, Josh. Hey, there you go, buddy. You're <laughs> but issues 87 through 91 and Shredder in Hell I've bought and will continue to buy at my local comic shop. I've been a Turtle fan since I can remember. I was born in 86. Ah, fellow 86er, eh? Nice. But honestly, the IDW series was the first comics comic series that I got into. Since then, I've gotten some of the IDW Mirage reprint collections and have enjoyed your backlog of y'all covering them as well. Awesome. That's that's. I love hearing that stuff. Anyways, I'm totally rambling here. I left you guys a review on iTunes because you deserve it. Aw. And I hope it helps. <laughs> yes. Thank you. That is so nice, man. It, you know, we, we certainly appreciate the reviews. So thank you so much. I'm going to have to go read it now. But uh, thank you very much, Derek. And he says, also, I listened to the podcast where y'all talk about playing Friday the 13th on PS4. I played it nonstop since it was released as a free uh, PlayStation Plus game in October of last year. If y'all oh, are yeah. still playing... Oh, uh, actually, I don't, I don't know if he wants to make this public, so I'll just send you his his um, his PlayStation name if, if you ever oh, okay. play. He says, "Take care, take care, guys. Keep up the great work. I'm a big fan. My favorite podcast, Derek from the Bluegrass State. Wow, thank you so much for the nice email, Derek. That's really thank nice. You. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Bluegrass State is that Kentucky? I think so. I think right. so. I, I'm, I'm I'm hoping that's right." Yeah. Sorry, Derek. I think I, if, you know, don't don't unsubscribe. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, you know, uh, I, I really appreciate the review. And yes, Friday yeah. the Thirteenth is a game more of us should play. Yeah. yeah, and Josh is ridiculously good. I'll just go ahead and warn you, Derek. Well, well maybe uh, maybe Derek's good too. You never know. Maybe yeah. You know what? Like I, I'm. That's what I'm worried about with the YouTube channel. With like people are going to start watching how I play Jason and like try to circumvent all that. It's like, uh, I'm going to find out how. <laughs> But I've got 12 subscribers, so I'm not going to have to worry about it for a very long time. <laughs> oh, well. You know, thank you so much for the review, Derek. And sorry, my wife just brought me some muffins. I'm chowing down, eh? Ah, blueberry muffins. All right. That's not a euphemism. No, no, it's definitely not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, Derek, thank you for the email, man. It's it's always a pleasure to hear from, um, from new listeners. And I wonder if he's the same uh, listener that there's somebody on Twitter that's been saying they've been working through our backlog episodes, and I kind of be interested to to kind of go back and just listen to some of, some of those earlier ones, you know, from, from the ones early on, because life has changed a lot in the last five years. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you've had, what, two children in the last five years? I've had two children in the last five years. Yeah. I've moved. Gosh, a lot of different different jobs. It's been a crazy I've tried getting a career going. Uh, I failed at getting a career going. Uh, no, no, you didn't. You you saw you did what you sought out to do, man. But like one thing that's really cool is like it's because I, I mean I have listened to a couple of our older episodes more recently, mm-hmm. and like it's so funny to hear about how our opinions change. No, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, nothing like nothing like too drastic. Where it's just like. You know, we loved a character, now we hated a character, and or like we loved a comic book line, and now we hated it. Mm-hmm. Like it's definitely something that um, we haven't changed that much. But I think, I believe it or not, I think I'm a little bit less critical now 
I rubbed off on you. A little bit, yeah, but like, I think, I think you're a little bit more willing to be to look at something less. I don't want to say naive, because that just that always saying the word naive always sounds mean to me. Sure. Which is like, oh, you're naive. You don't yeah, even you have know. no idea what you're doing. You, yeah. you don't even know. <laughs> yeah, you know, but like, I think I'm a little bit less critical. Because I'm, I'm more, I'm much more willing. Be, I, I can tell you right now because of this show, I'm much more willing to just kind of go with it. Where just like in, in terms of just anything, like movies that I'm watching, video games I'm playing, I, I, I get let down a lot less now after five years of doing, or after four years really of me do it, me being on this show. Yeah. Um, the majority, man. Yeah. And I'm a lot, a lot more easygoing when it comes, because like now my defense is like, well, it's a kid's movie called Ninja Turtles. <laughs> where yeah, before it would, it would be like, actually the nunchuck was not invented until. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I mean, I always thought you were a pretty open-minded guy in, in the first place, Josh. That, that's part of the reason that I was drawn to you when you came on the show. I said, man, I'd like to do more episodes with this guy because I thought we balance each other out. Like, we don't always agree on certain things, but there's a level of respect there. And I think we're both pretty open-minded in, in you know, just kind of taking this, this turtle stuff as it comes. And you know what? I, I have to give you a major props because I was one of those next mutation bashers. You know, I, I hopped on that bandwagon for sure. Um and then I just kept annoying you about it until you were like, fine, Fine, okay. fine, let's watch it's it some more, okay. fine. Yeah. <laughs> and then I've even found charm in that, you know? I'm not saying it's my favorite, but I found charm in... I've honestly found charm in just about everything Ninja Turtles that, that's ever been put out there. Even the Oprah special. So, there you go. Oh, dude, I understand that the Oprah special is bad, but holy crap, is it hilarious. Wow. Oh, it's so... You know, we gotta return to that again one day. We gotta watch that because, like, there's there's an episode where like Michelangelo openly calls a kid in the audience an idiot, yeah, you know, <laughs> or, or maybe it's Raphael or something like that. Oh, that doesn't seem like a Mikey thing. Jeez, I can see Raph doing it. Well, it's also the well another or thing Donatello you got under his breath. Another thing you got to remember is it's also the dude who's making minimum wage, wearing this hundred pound suit, having to act <laughs> like constantly, he's constantly having a good time, and everybody would get annoyed <laughs> by that. You know, it's like, <sighs> you know, I don't okay. think you should ever dress up as a turtle there, Josh. No offense. I think I'd make a good slash. I could, you know, that I could see. I could see that. If they, if they ever wanted me to be like volume four Raphael, you know, I could yeah. do that, you yeah. know, or like I'm 30. I got a smoking habit. I really don't have time for you. I don't care. <laughs> you, you'd kind of be like the the uh, Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters Two going to the kid parties. You're like, all right, let's okay. get this over. Look at Carl, man. Here it comes. <laughs> Who you gonna call? He man. <laughs> all right, well, good deal. Well, so I, I vote we uh, we hop into the comic. What do you say, Hosehead? All right, yeah. All right, you, you know you, you know you got to do the thing, right? I got to do the thing. He you said it. He said think. All right, so. <laughs> I always think of Peter Griffin in the movie theater. Ha! He said it! He said it! He said it! (laughs) Hello, Violators. You're in Casey's Comic Classroom. Prepare to be schooled. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Turtle Flakes Podcast presents the IDW Mutation Station. 
Choo, choo, I don't know. Choo, I don't know. All aboard. Yay. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, guys. This is a dandy. This one came out in late April. And 94, like I said, it doesn't come out till next week as the, as we're recording this. So this is the latest issue, and some things are definitely in motion now. In the last issue... Or are they? Oh, are you kidding me? Or are they? Are you being... Are you being devil's advocate right now? I am really... being devil's advocate right okay, now. You're not being. Like, you're not being serious. We're told. No, I'm being. I'm, I am being serious. Where it's what? Just like we're we're told stuff is happening, and something does happen in the last page of the book. But like, and and I get it. It's it's a seven part. I'm gonna say no eight part eight part. Yeah, because you're counting issue one hundred. You're counting issue. Yeah, that's that's eight issues. So you're counting, this is an eight-issue storyline, City at War, and it it's just getting started. But, like, the last two issues were just getting started, too. They were sure, the same sure. things where it's just like, hey, we're going to fight. Well, no, we're not. Well, I'm going to make you fight. Well, I'll wait for you to make me fight then. <laughs> oh, Josh, I don't think you should review comics anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, review over. Oops, well, done. All right, yeah. Review- well, yeah. Okay, I, I'm really interested in, in what you, why you feel that way here in a minute. But yeah, um, in the last page here, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the, in the last uh, in the last issue, things were getting right. kind of uh, pretty pretty. Um, you know, it was one of those situations where you think Karai and Splinter are finally seeing eye to eye. You know, and it was all over the stinking orphans. You know, basically Splinter yeah. said, "I don't want you to train them to be." You know, I'll give you the Foot Clan. I don't want this responsibility anymore. But right. in exchange, you have to take care of these orphans. That was that was an agreement I had with these children. I don't want them to be soldiers. And Karai's like, no, if I'm going to spend this much time with these kids, they're fighting for me. I'm sorry. So, Well, not only that, but she was saying her logic being, you know, the traditional logic of they know the inner workings of the Foot Clan. So yeah. they either work for us or they die. True, and, yeah, because they're all going to grow. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, they're going to grow up, and who's to say they don't tell everybody about us? Because, like, the Foot Clan is still, like, you know, like, in Karai's path, she goes head-to-head against the Yakuza, and the Yakuza even talked to her, like, you know, the Foot Clan is just a myth. It's not It's not until, like, she starts talking to, like, the higher ep- echelon, top-tier Yakuza bosses are like, holy crap, the Foot Clan still exists? Wait a minute. <laughs> The only re- reason we're in power is because we thought they didn't exist. And they're like, you're in power because we let you be in power. You know, you know, like the Foot Clan was just like, we let the Yakuza and the Triads play their little games while we take care of everything. And I was just like, that's pretty cool. And then there is kind of like, well, I don't want to be in the Foot Clan anymore because, you know, we had a Christmas issue and a giant frog talked to me. And I found out that I'm going to become the Shredder. I was like. <laughs> It, and it really loses its luster when you explain it that way, but that's literally what happens. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, not he's not lying. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't lead you wrong, listeners, but like, you know, if you just look at it at an abstract point of view, it's just like, oh, okay. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, when you're actually sitting there reading it, it makes a lot of sense. And um, but like, basically, uh, this, the Splinter wants out of the Foot Clan because he knows he's going to become the Shredder because he's been acting uncharacteristically for himself. Not yeah. for him as a leader, but like just him as a person. And at the end of the last issue, he's like, "No, I'm not going to let you kill these kids." And then Karai's like, "Well, then I challenge you to the gauntlet." And he's like, "No, I'm not doing that." <laughs> 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 I 
Well, then you're a coward. It's like, I don't care what you call me. I'm not doing that. Yeah, I'm not going to die. Jeez. Yeah, and so she's like, well, we're going to go to war. And he's like, okay, well, I'll see you in seven issues when it finally happens. So, <laughs> yeah. Because and then, like, I'm sorry. I love this book. But, like, that's what the IDW series is all about. Like, every they have ten-issue story arcs about seven, maybe eight of the issues are people talking about what's about to happen. One really cool issue. And then the next issue is like, all right, we're done. Uh, well, uh, but the talking's good. The talking's good. Yeah, the talking is good. You're invested. Good. You're definitely invested. Well, it's just like Game of Thrones. We were, we were just talking about that a little while ago. Like, there's a lot of times characters are just talking for most of the most of the episode, but you know, huh. you're in, you're engaged because it's you're you're seeing the strategy. You're seeing all the seeds being planted here. But yeah, you're right. You're not. You're definitely not wrong in that. Yeah. There's usually a um uh a issue or two where it's fighting and then it's kind of like okay fight's over reset you know and, and, and I, I guess that's how comics work you know it is i mean when you're doing a long form story i mean that's why that's why i don't like talking about like unless you really crap the bed in something i don't <laughs> i don't really like commenting on comic books because like it's it's hard because you're basically writing a soap opera sure. you know and soap operas just obviously they just don't end you know it's just like they there there is no I mean like everyone's talking about issue one hundred like it's the end yeah. you know but we gotta and that I want to ask you a question about that later but like towards okay. the end of the episode but like we're all talking about issue one hundred like there's not going to be an issue one hundred and one you know yeah, just, yeah. and even if it's not I mean like maybe there's two questions I got for you but like you know really are we expecting Tom Waltz and Bobby Kernow and Kevin Eastman and Mattias Sanaluco and all these guys to con- to continue on after issue 100, or are they done with issue 100? And then they have a whole new creative team. Mm, interesting. I mean, there's there's so much smoke being blown intentionally and and understandably. There's a whole lot of smoke going around for issue 100. Everyone wants issue 100. We want it to be December right now so we can read issue 100. But, I mean, like, I've never been more uh, willing to skip six months of my life just so I could read this next, th- that final issue. But, like, w- what's going to happen after that? Yeah. Is the series going to reboot? Are they going to, could they take a month off so they can hire new people? <laughs> you know, it's just like. Hey, we're looking like, for jobs. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? Uh, I don't think I like my Ninja Turtles. <laughs> whatever, man. I-, I know I do. I know you and I would like it, but like, I don't think anybody would like my Ninja Turtles. My Ninja Turtles, <laughs> you know, I, I don't. We'll get into it later. Yeah, but hey, you know, th- there's there's definitely um a lot of questions, you know, coming up here. So just to um, it says the story so far, talks for control of the Foot Clan have taken a violent turn uh, after Karai and Splinter are unable to come to an agreement about the orphans. Elsewhere in the city, Baxter Stockman makes an impassioned speech. Mayoral debates. While a bitter hob watches. This story obviously was done by Kevin Eastman, Bobby Kernow, and Tom Waltz. Script was done by Tom Waltz. We have a new artist here, so no longer do we have, um, oh, Dialinus. Uh, we have Dave Watchster now. Or I'm probably saying his last name wrong, too. Um, and I, I, he's one of my favorite artists in this series. Uh, he's been in several story arcs and side series. I really like his kind of gritty art style. Um, and colors by the the Rock Rhonda Patterson, and mm-hmm. letters are done by Sean Lee, and the editor is Bobby Kernow. And I just want to say, um, 
it shows in the inside cover of all the IDW books the very the little like thumbnails of the variants the variant um, cover art. I love the Kevin Eastman cover art. I, I don't know if you have the print version of this, Josh. Um, I got the digital version. Oh, okay, okay. Well, in, inside the inside cover of the print version, it shows cover B, and it is this bloodied, gritty-looking Karai holding what looks like a sword. Um, her, um, what was the name of that sword? I can't remember. Some kind of demon sword. Yeah, yeah. Some... yeah. It's just a great artwork. I mean, she almost looks like a character from The Crow. She just looks awesome. So, but anyways, I digress. So this book opens, like Josh just hit it around to, it kind of plants some seeds in some characters we completely forgot about. We get a little bit of a flash to Planet Neutrino, uh, Samata City, the Royal Palace, and Zack and Cal are playing cards while Fugitoid and, um, oh, what was it? Dask, Commander Dask. They're looking for something, but they encounter something right away, and it, we don't know what it is. While Zack and Cal are playing cards, Fugitoid sees it, and they're flying, right? They're they're in. That oh no, palace. No, they're in a they're in a tower. That's it. Yeah, they're in that palace. Tower. They're in the royal palace. Yeah. So we could kind of infer that maybe there was some kind of attack going on uh, on Planet Neutrino, which we, you know, they've taken a back seat for a while. That that planet, we've not heard much from them. So who knows what's going on there? Any theories? Mm-hmm. Um. <sighs> See, I just read the uh, the last volume that was released with the uh, Triceraton invasion, and I'm kind of wondering if like it's Chirel again. Mm. I just read that um, uh, spoilers, but that arc where Slash dies. I just read that, and like yeah. you saw that you saw that Agent Bishop is this little baby in a robot. <laughs> oh god, god, like. He's like he's three years he's three years old, sir, and he's already grown as much as he can, and he's got like this big bulbous head. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, he's just like nah, 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 nah. I don't know. I could. Josh, you ruined comics for me. <laughs> I ruined everything. I know, but then, but then I started reading it. But then I I, I tried. Everything about that was great, except I saw that and I just, I just lost it. I just, I just <laughs> lost it. See, I thought you had already read that one. That's funny. I, well, yeah, I had, um, I had just read. I was waiting for it to come to trade and for the trade to get here, and it came last week, and uh, so I read it then. I got you. And because unless we're reviewing it for the show, I don't really read it until it comes out in the trade uh, paperbacks, and then you know those take. Every three months, you get a new one, so I just wait. And um, but yeah, it's like uh, outside of what like the actual impending threat is, I really couldn't. I could not even fancy a guest. Uh, a guess. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Ace Duck just is like tired of everyone's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, no, I want to fly that plane. Damn it! No, I don't care. <laughs> he's upset. His show got canceled. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so uh, yeah. we we get a interesting conversation between Splinter and Jenica um, on the next page, and um, I th- I think they're just kind of preparing for the war, and and Splinter's kind of warning her, look, Karai will be back probably sooner than later, and they're making preparations. The Foot Clan is, and of course yeah. some of the orphans they come <laughs> in and they're like, oh man, is there going to be some kind of ninja war or something? There's an interesting shot of Splinter. You know, the kids are kind of joking around and think it's really cool, but Splinter yeah. kind of looks at him like. They could be in yeah. serious danger. People they, could. They don't understand that you know people could die. Yeah, yeah, this this is a life and death situation here. So you kind of already get that feeling 
like water the water's starting to boil you know the, yeah. you can feel that you can feel the tension in in the book really starting to build um yeah that continues with the next page with uh leonardo and Raphael, you know and like leonardo's trying to get everybody back together so they can do this team meeting so they can organize everything and correct me if i'm wrong maybe it's been a while since i've read like the early books but like this is like really the first time Raphael and leonardo have openly had contention with each other yeah yeah i i don't like how raf's acting in this in this issue I mean, you know, I, I I get it. Yeah, I get it too. I understand his, his the reason why he's upset, but now is not the time to throw one of your tantrums. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know. I mean, I get what he's doing. I mean, he's just he's tired of fighting. He's done fighting. He wants to be done fighting because right. like, he's I rough, mean, I'm sure they all do. He said it in a couple of issues ago. Maybe yeah. it was the last two. But like he's like, there's always another threat. When do we get to just like kind of relax a little bit? And Which is like, understandable, but you know, I th- I'm sure they all feel that way. Yeah, and like he gets it too. It's like they're just as much to blame for all this crap as anybody else. Mm-hmm. Or like you know, if they hadn't have been, you know, just mucking around, you know, nobody would have noticed them, and nobody would have tried killing them all the time. And you know, he's just he's kind of done. Yeah, you know. He wants to be done, and he's really just kind of pushing it further for, I think, like, loyalty to Michelangelo and maybe even the Splinter. But, like, he's kind of done with everybody else. Unless this is another seed planted here that maybe Raph, this out, maybe this outburst means something. You know, because at first I thought it was kind of a throwaway fight. You know, here they are, the traditional Leo and Raph fight. But yeah. what if this could be something bigger than that? Like, maybe Raph maybe not decides not to help or... Maybe something's going to happen to him. I don't know. You, you, you know, well, we can make all the theories we want. It's so early to tell. Yeah, and one thing that's great about the IDW series is, like, there. from what I've noticed, there's no red herrings in this entire series. Mm-hmm. Something always leads to something else. So, like, mm-hmm. even, like, no matter what, something always leads to something else. And it oh, yeah. al- it's almost always paid off, even, even in, like, storylines that, like, don't exactly wow the reader you know like where yeah donatello died but he was back the next issue but like yeah he came back but they really did go through with hey he killed he died at the end of this issue yeah you know like there's the leonardo and Raphael. leonardo's been mad about stuff before but like he's never really like just said leonardo you're being a jerk or whatever mm-hmm. you know and this is really, and I got to commend him for it because that's an easy crutch to, that's a crutch that I think everybody wants and it's just outplayed by now. It is overplayed by now. You know, I'm so tired of Leonardo and Raphael buttonheads. And, you know, like the down at the uh, Batman Ninja Turtle movie, animated movie just came out last week digitally. Yeah, I hear that's fantastic, by the way. It is the, I, I'm willing to say it is the best Ninja Turtles movie. It, what? It, it, yes, it is legit the best Ninja Turtles movie. I'm intrigued, buddy. I'm gonna have to see that now. It is, dude. You will not be disappointed. I promise. Even I mean, like, I'm not telling you to have that opinion, but like, I think you'll like it. Well, you know they, my taste, you know. Yeah, I mean, they nail the turtles and they nail Batman. They they nail. They made Damian Wayne a character that you that I liked, and I hate <laughs> Damian. Wayne. That arrogant little he sucks. 
But then in that movie, he's awesome, and you get why he's and with. It's not like he's the main character of the movie, but like with the little bit of dialogue that he has and a little bit of interaction he has with the turtles and Batman, you get why Damien is that way. You know, like he feels like he has to be that way. But anyway, but like they, the best, one of the best things about that movie is they don't rely on Leonardo and Raphael button heads and not listening to each other. They have like a sarcastic argument with each other where there's no real stakes to their argument early in the movie. And then they just drop it and it's done. And I'm really tired of every anime. That's why I love Rise of the Ninja Turtles because, like, that contention is not there. Yeah. You know, it just because it does so many things that we just haven't seen. And the reason this is works so well with Leonardo and Raphael button heads is like at first I was kind of thinking, oh god, they're button heads again. This is boring. Yeah. But then I but then I thought about it. I was like, they haven't done this in like they haven't done this at least in like fifty issues. So like, you kind of yeah. miss, you know. I mean, when it's when it's gone for a while, I'm not saying it's got to be gone for good, but it's got to be gone for a while for it to have impact. Yeah, and I also really like what Leo said at the end. He's not like you said. He's not just saying, "Cheese, Raph, you're being a jerk." He basically mm-hmm. says, "Look," he's talking to Michelangelo here. He goes, "Look, I know he needs time. I get that, but time might not be something we yeah. have right now. You Don't know? have." It now yeah which is kind of the way i view it right now i'm like okay now's not the time to have this meltdown man because yeah. we need all hands on deck for this one um, yeah so yeah good stuff there I, I i agree with you there he gets so mad that he goes off to the mute animals Raphael does yeah yeah that's right but you know in raf's defense a little bit later too he comes back when leo needs him he comes back so yeah. I don't think Raph's going to abandon the turtles necessarily, but maybe there's more to this outburst that Raph has. Maybe this will be referenced in some way later on in this arc. So good stuff coming up there. I'm going to call um, it right now. Leonardo's going to die. Raphael's going to be the new leader. <laughs> oh, and you know, it's just to match up with the rise, rise yep. of the TMNT. There you go. It worked. <laughs> it, it works. Worked. Book it. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. It's different. Let's see it. It's different. You know? Oh, I don't know. How do you kill? That's Leo, not to say, man? That's not to say that different is always better, but like we've had the same thing for for because eventually it all looks the same. Eventually, all turtles media looks like oh yeah, there's there's the '80s turtles again. I get it. Whether it's black and white or cartoony, doesn't matter. There's the '80s turtles again, and I know that that's what everybody seemingly wants. But like, let's see how they get there again. You know, it's just. Let's let's shake things up a bit just to keep it interesting, yeah. because at a certain point it stops being interesting, and I'm not going to say it gets boring, but it gets safe. Ah, uh, true. That's a good way to put it. It's like, you know, like Spider-Man's never going to die. Wolverine's back in the comics again. Batman outsmarts everybody again. Oh god. Anyway, so sorry. Funny. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. So, um. The next scene is a pretty crazy one, too, because we see what Karai's been doing. Now, while the Turtles are preparing, while um, Splinter is preparing the Foot Clan, Karai's kind of been doing her own kind of preparing here and building her own army up. Uh, mm-hmm. And she goes to the uh, – was it the Yakuza? No, this no, is she Brooklyn. Goes, she goes to uh, the – it says here the home of Antonio Puzzarelli, who yeah. was a mafia don – that is actually working with the Foot Clan in a very nonviolent type of way. Um, and Karai says that um, they basically slaughter everybody in that house. And she yeah, goes up, pretty bloody. Uh, her and Natsu. 
Yeah, her and Natsu, there's uh, Koya and Bludgeon and the mole, the big demon Mm -hmm. mole, who I now know is a lady because of Michael Dialinus. Thank you, sir. Yeah. (laughs) Had no clue. (laughs) I listened to that episode, and you said he describing that character. He goes, she. You were like, what? Like, he said it like, and I love Michael, but he said it like we were supposed to know that the entire time. It's like, I had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I hadn't no. read Path of Karai no. in a while, so I, I, maybe it was referenced there. I just, yeah, you know, you know us. We're hacks. We don't know what we're doing. No idea. <laughs> but um, so anyway, she goes up to this mafia boss, and she's like, look, you work for the Foot Clan right now, and I want you to work for me. And he's like, well, why would I do that? I got a good thing going here. And she's like, you know. She's like, really? Yeah, she, yeah, she's like, well, you know what? Is it as good as my offer? And she says, if you work with me and take out Hamato Yoshi all of your debts to the Foot Clan will be considered paid in full, and you'll never have to worry about us again. But if you don't work with us, you're going to die where you stand. Yeah, so not a lot of options there, that's for sure. Yeah. You know, and I, I really like this. Like, this reminds me, like, I, this kind of reminds me of, like, you ever seen this movie called The Raid? Mm-mm. Oh, God, it's, it's a really cool movie. It's a martial arts, it's like an Indonesian martial arts movie. And I think it's Indonesian. But like, look it, look it up on you. Look up the trailer on YouTube. Look up the trailer for the raid, and it's about basically uh, these cops have to uh, break into this apartment building to take out this drug lord, and they have to go floor by floor fighting like wave after wave of bad guy to get to the top floor. It's kind of wow. like it's like a weird remake of uh, Game of Death, Bruce wow, Lee movie. Sounds really cool. Sounds cool. Yeah, and it's really good. And like Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park does a soundtrack, and Gareth Edwards. Uh, oh, so it's a newer newer movie. Um, within the last five, maybe six years. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's got a sequel. There's a raid too that takes place in a prison and it's really, and I haven't seen that one, but it looks really cool. <coughs> but anyway, that's, that's long story short. They get this mafia dude and, uh, hilarity ensues. <laughs> well, I don't think there's going to be any hilarity with cry right now. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's but, laughing. Uh, yeah, sure, sure. Well, you know, I'll tell you, uh, the next scene's a pretty interesting one, so we kind of get a little bit of a slower pace here. It's it's a cutaway to Casey, who's kind of checking up on April, just kind of making sure that she's still okay, because yeah. he knows that April's a target right now. She's out in the public with Baxter Stockman. She's you know, potentially camp- a target, yeah. Yeah, yeah, campaigning and everything, and Karai's no dummy. She knows um, who she can go after. And so Casey, that's why he's there. But he also brought Jenica, and if and April for... is so not jealous of Jenica being there. Ooh. Oh my gosh! I'll tell you. Well, wow, yeah. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> uh, but it, oh, it is she's, it's... like she literally is like, oh, she's here. <laughs> yeah, like oh, you brought her. Well, yeah, Girl, you for, broke for, up with her months ago. You deal yeah, with that. That's true. Yeah, she was it mutual or did she break it up with him or he break she off with her? Off him because he was acting like he was kind of acting a fool like he was just like he he flipped out on some people and you know for like a minor crime and he flipped out on somebody but anyway they haven't been they haven't been a thing for like a year in the comic books but uh but the thing the thing that's uh interesting is yeah, obviously, Jenica and Casey, in the last few issues, they've kind of grown a liking to each other. And I, I think they're dating now, right? They I don't know. The, I think they've they even smooched. They haven't, they haven't said any. They haven't explored it anything more than we're together. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, well, they've gone on some dates, but that's I don't think there's been a kiss or anything like that. But anyways, you can tell that he he really does like Jenna. He, yeah, he's moving on is what it is. Yeah, he's yeah. Moving on. Yeah. And April and, doesn't like that. She's kind of hitting around like, oh, you know, good for you. I'm so proud of you. It's so good to see you again and all these things. But you can tell that she misses him. I mean, it's pretty obvious. And the, and the artwork really, really complements the dialogue in, in how you can you can feel that there's, there's so much more that they both want to say, but they really can't. Yeah, they can't. It's not the time. And, you know, that, that moment's probably over. You yeah, know, that, that, yeah. Sometimes things happen. And, and I really like just talking about the art. This is Dave Washer's artwork, right? Yeah, yeah, really good. I really love just how, I mean, like, you forget, because, like, we've been reading this comic since 2012, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Forget, like, in the continuity of the book, it's been, like, two years. And Casey and April are, like, 20-year-olds. You know, like, they're they're young. Yeah, true. You know? And I really like that. I really like how they're just kids basically at, at the end of the day they are just kids somehow she's a mayoral candidate man, uh, manager campaign manager i don't get that but all right um, <laughs> because like uh stockman's got deep pockets you must yeah but they they were college students and it's not like i mean did they drop and this is where like being an adult kind of ruined stuff for me it's like did they drop out of college you know, because I, they, I almost assume they'd have to. to... They w- they haven't been back there. So they haven't picked up a book since like issue ten. You know. Yeah, yeah. But, and at least for me, college was a full time gig. I mean, it was hard, yeah. <laughs> and I was working three jobs. I know I was working through college too, and it was just like, and I, I don't know. I don't know how some people do it. I mean, I just have I have a two year degree. I didn't. I mean, I've seen how much school you had to have to get your teaching degree. It's just like I, I ain't doing that. Yeah. But, <laughs> but see, that's why I couldn't be a teacher. I yeah, didn't do. Fine, I didn't want to grade your paper anyway. Ah, uh, then two days later, you're packing up your boxes. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Now I got all the time in the world to watch the wheel. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So so right uh, at as um. Casey's kind of leaving and heading back to the bike, uh, and Jenica's like, "Hope, hope that went well." Mm-hmm. Um, all of a sudden, somebody fires an arrow right beside Jenica's him. From like, "You're still my man, right?" Yeah, yeah like we're sword. still cool, right? Yeah, I have <laughs> and... a sword. <laughs> <laughs> Just remember, I could kill you. Yeah, so we we see that the the arrow has a note attached to it, and it's from Karai, and she wants to meet Jenica face to face. Which, you know, you're thinking, okay, this is probably a bad idea. Kind of know where it's going. Yeah, yeah, you think yeah. You know and where it's going. True, very true. So, and, and then, then the next scene, so here's another set of characters here. We've got Raph and the Mutanimals. Raph <laughs> is, uh, why was Raph meeting them in the first place? What was the point of this? He's just to make dick. sure. <laughs> I, think I think he's just ticked off. Oh, okay. Well, well, you know, I guess technically he was trying to make sure he, he was carrying out Leo's orders because Leo did say something about, you know, making sure that the, the what was it, the safe zone or whatever um, between the sewers and some other area. I can't remember. Uh, between he, the sewers and the Mutanimals uh, headquarters. Yes, yes. And uh, Old Hob. I love Old Hob. I know I say it all the time. Yeah, like, no, Old Hob's great. You want to call it safe zone? Okay. And he's basically just saying how heavily fortified everything is. Yeah, he's getting and... much He's getting much more militant. And that kind of plays with uh, Ray Filet here because he's the same way. Yeah, true. I like true. Ray because like he just, he knows he's a ground, he's a foot soldier. That's it. That's that's what he knows. You know? And I'll tell you what, Old Hob here, really interesting too because he kind of gets in Raph's head a little bit. He's like, hey, man, 
I know the anger you got inside you. I know, I know how you feel. You can do something about this. You could do it our way. Yeah. Or, or, or you can just go ahead and play it safe with the turtles. So I was like, ooh, interesting. Ah, another seed planted, maybe. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I kind of think that. I mean, a lot of, a lot of classic Ninja Turtle stories have to do with Raphael defecting, and, mm-hmm. and I kind of wonder if that's where this is going to go. Like, we're going to get like a Raphael spinoff series soon. Ooh, I'd read it for sure. Yeah, I mean, if it ties into the continuity, yeah, I would too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just at that moment, um, Raph gets a text from, I guess, Leo, mm-hmm. which just cracks me up that they all have like cell phones and text each other and stuff. <laughs> I'm like, you know what's, you know what's, how? How do they do that with those big hands? You know what I like about it though is they don't make a big deal about it. It's just kind of like, hey, we got a phone. We got a phone. Everybody's it's got a phone nowadays. It's a turtle com. Yeah, sort of. Although, like, yeah, I mean, like, you look at their their hands, like the big three fingered hands that they got. It's like their phones would have to be like iPads for them to text. <laughs> you know, like they would have to have like the iPad, like four or whatever the newest one. Maybe they do the voice to text thing, which sometimes I use when I'm talking to you, and my grammar's horrible. Oh God, it's hilarious! Yeah, like when you you're just like, hey man, <laughs> what's up? You want to record this Saturday, and I read the text. It's like, "Hey, Munch, what is Mud Skipper for?" <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, okay, I know what he's." Raphael <laughs> seems to be in distress. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. So um, apparently, it's an emergency meeting. So they meet up uh, the turtles and and Raph and everybody, and and they discuss, you know, the potential risk of Jenica meeting Karai alone. But in the end, Jenica just basically says, and I and I like I like this. She's like, "Look." I appreciate everyone's concern. I don't totally trust Cry either, but I also know how important her honor is to her. It's a big reason that we're in this mess. So I think that she'll keep her word. And if there's any chance that that I can help end this thing peacefully, I've got to take it. Yeah. Jenica, being the great person she is, she's like, you know what? I she's a girl. She's a woman of honor. She'll stick to her word. I got to help in some way. And yeah. no, it's just that Karai, the stakes are is that Karai uh, sent her a message offering a meeting in Central Park for humans only. She specified humans only. Yeah. So yeah. like she knows she's got to go in there alone. Yeah. You know, or at least at the very least, she's going to have Casey with her. But that's it. And so the turtles, you know, with uh, was it Lilia and um, Harold Lija and his his wife. I I'm sorry. I forgot her, her name. name. I can't and they remember don't remember her name. Issue. Yeah, so. but they, they've been heavily modding the turtle van for anti-gravity and cloaking and all, all kinds of really neat gadgets. So they actually use that here and take the van and kind of scope it out with their cloaking device. So the turtles are in the van watching everything go down between Jenica and Karai here. I really love this van, too, because it's the van from the 2014 movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I like this one. It looks like, it, I mean, it looks like a turtle shell, too. It's just like, just the way it's designed. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah, and it's also much bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. I know, I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> I mean, it looks like an Apple store in there. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. so uh, then we get a really good conversation. And this is where, now I don't know if you felt this way, Josh, mm-hmm. but as I'm hearing this, especially what Jenica's saying, She's saying her goodbyes in a roundabout. Like she's she's talking about everything, everything the Foot Clan means to her, everything that Splinter means to her. Yeah, and that was the moment where I knew, oh no, she's not walking out of here. Yeah, like she's kind of getting her swan song here. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I was upset because I was yeah. wrong because like 
I remember a couple of months ago, maybe maybe it was maybe it was just weeks, maybe it was a couple months, I can't remember. Um, but it was around the issue. It was before we uh, got into the '90s issues here, and um, I started wondering. Was just like I started. I started thinking to myself, was like, I think some classic characters are gonna die because they've basically uh, written in all these new characters. So like, I kind of thought they were gonna pull a Transformers and like all of the lesser popular characters in Ninja Turtles are going to die and they're going to be replaced. And so like, I was basically looking at Jenica as like hot rod in season two of, of Transformers. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, and I'm wrong. I mean like seemingly I'm wrong, you know? Because... Yeah. Well, we don't know. Yeah. Uh, we, we just don't know right now. Yeah. So, so long story short, Karai totally just stabs Jenica through the chest. Yeah, I mean, I I knew the I was like, oh no, bird that is supposed to kill everyone. Like, yeah, touch it, you die. Is the kind of thing. Yeah, if you don't mind, I'd like to read what Jenica said here right before it happened. Yeah, because yeah, it's for it. it's this is this is where I kind of had a feeling. I was like, oh no, I see where this is going. Um, she says it's true, Karai. I would have killed you. I would have killed you to protect Master Splinter, but not for the reasons you believe. When I joined the Foot, I was lost. No direction. No home. Only pain. But then the clan gave me everything I needed. I didn't have to think. Only do. Serve Master Shredder. That's all. It was so easy and I was so grateful for my new life. So when Master Splinter took over and everything changed, it felt like my whole world was ending and I was desperate and angry. And I nearly killed him. But he didn't only stop me. He gave me a chance to rise up again and be more than some mindless killer. I became his Chunin. And he became so much more than my master. You said that I was the living embodiment of the Foot Clan, but now, for the first time, I feel truly alive. Master Splinter sees through my flaws to what's inside. That's all that matters to him. So if I had killed you that day, it wouldn't have been for the Clan. It would have been for my family. I'm sorry, Karai, but I'll never join you or anyone else against Master Splinter. And then here's where you get it. She goes, Cry says, oh, would you die for him? And she said in a heartbeat. And in the next page, I mean, literally you turn the page and that's exactly what happens. Cry stabs Jenica right through the stomach. I mean, right through the back. And the turtles are witnessing this. Casey's witnessing this along with, uh, along with nobody. And, you know, that's when the war ensues, you know, that's where they want to attack and, yeah, it's just a it's a sad scene because I had a feeling it was going this way mm-hmm. um, with Jenica because I I, I kind of had the opposite. I thought, well, maybe the reason Tom Walls is creating all these great characters is that in the end, they're new characters and they're still kind of expendable, you know. And I was hoping I I was hoping more for your theory to be correct, you know, that maybe we'll get some new people that stick around for a long period of time, um, but it sure and- doesn't seem like it. And we don't know 100% that Jenny's going to die. Exactly, either. exactly. We don't know. I, it seems like a fatal wound, but we don't know. <laughs> We've been fooled before. But I, I don't she, think, after the Donatello situation, I don't think, I just don't think she's going to be okay. Because it's the beginning they're not gonna of the war. They're not going to pull that card again where she's like, oh, no, she's fine. There's still a yeah. heart. There's a weak pulse that I'm reading here. Right. But, and, and granted, and granted, they don't say, like, the difference between, I think, this situation and the Donatello one. The Donatello one... I know they never said Donnie was dead, but it sure as heck looked like there's no way 
he survived that. Well, in the thing is, IDW didn't stop anybody else from saying that. Sure, uh, no, no. Hey, good press. Any press is good press, right? It, yeah, and you know, Jenny. As as much as I like Jenica, she's not one of the Ninja Turtles. You know, it's yeah. She's yeah. a lot more expendable than one of them are. And and again, another reason that makes me think that maybe she could get it is the fact that she said all that right before. You mm-hmm. know, it's like she, that was her last kind of release. You know, catharsis right. in, in in some ways before you know Tom Waltz takes that character out. Um, yeah. And, and you know you what? Know, uh, a couple of days ago, the free comic book day, uh, 2019 Turtles comic came yeah, out. Yeah, I didn't get to read that one. Yeah, yeah, it's free on Comixology. You can you can download it anytime. It's completely free. Oh, good. I didn't know that. Awesome. And what it is is, I mean, it is a series recap, basically yeah. for readers. If you've never read it and you want to jump in right now, not that we'd exactly recommend that, but. Read this comic book. It'll catch you up on everything. It takes place immediately. It takes place minutes after this moment here. And it's about the turtles trying to drive Jenica to the hospital. And these things always end up in a collection, an IDW Ninja Turtle trade paperback somewhere. So it's pretty cool. Like the one from last year ended up in the Dimension X spinoff comic. Uh, And this one will probably be in in City at War. Volume two, which is going to be split up in the two volumes with the trades. Yeah. But um, it it takes place minutes after this moment here, and it's about them trying to get Jenny to the hospital and how they just can't. And like, yeah, it doesn't look like she's going to make it. I mean, like, yeah, it really bleeding out it, bad. That it, it does not look like she's going to make it. And it's it's really good and kind of hard to read too because like everybody's just trying to get her to to safety. And it, it yeah. although there is a really cool moment of like. Casey Jones and Raphael having a big bro moment. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, these two are, like, best friends. You forget that every now and then because they don't have, like, the the super tight-knit relationship. I mean, they do, but it's not examined as much as it was earlier in this series, like, way earlier in the series. Somewhere after issue 50, they just kind of diverged from each other in, in like, a normal way like people do sometimes. But Mm -hmm. kind of forget that, oh, yeah, those two are buds. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was really cool. But anyway, the, yeah, go free comic book day version of Ninja Turtles is out now on Comicsology. You can download it for free. So. Ah, good, good advice, man. I I didn't know that. That's that's good to know. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then you get one of those. Yeah, yeah, and then at the very end, I mean, Koya and Bludgeon they they try to get in the way, and the turtles they're not stopping, so they kind of play chick with them. Finally, Koya and Bludgeon they get out of the way, and. Uh, and uh, they're off, you know, but it just doesn't look like Jenica is going to make it. I'm not saying she's dead. I'm just saying based on what I've seen in this issue, it sure looks like this might be the end of her. If if it is, man, what did you think of what did you think of her character? I absolutely loved her. But what about you? Yeah, you know, I, I kind of liked I mean, I liked her. I liked her from the outset yeah. um, because she tried. First off, she had the. She had the backbone to try to kill Splinter. Yeah. Splinter forgave her. It was just like, you know, a lesser leader would, you know, just immediately punish you and kill you right now. Uh, but he's like, I believe everybody can be redeemed. And so you got like Splinter's seal of approval immediately. And this is before he was like almost going to be a bad guy kind of a thing. But, uh, and then really she kind of flourished when she, uh, her and Casey got together. And. Uh, she kind of let him and the readers know her, and you kind of realize that 
she's very she's very very similar to Casey Jones. She's very similar to the Ninja Turtles. Where like, especially like she's she's uh, very similar to Casey Jones and Raphael. Where like, the beginning of life they had nobody, and uh, they found a meaning later on, and she happened to find a uh, meaning with the Foot Clan. And um, it's kind of a homage to like the 1990 movie where like they would just accept, you know, just like the forgotten street kids that live out and turn them into ninjas. And that's exactly what happened here. And I I remember being really surprised because I always thought Jenica was older. Maybe it was the art style at the time, but like she's another like 21 year old kid, basically. You know, it really shows you that just like there's no nobody's safe here. Yeah, yeah, and just to add on to what you're saying, I completely agree with all the points you've made there, and and just the fact that with her past and all the horrible things that that have happened, and how she didn't really have, I guess, parent figure or parental figures or anything like that, or any any mentors, that makes her such a great mentor to the to these orphans because she knows what's like. So she was, if you notice, the last what twenty some issues. She's basically taking care of those kids and training them and teaching them. She's basically their mother figure in a lot of ways. Her and Michelangelo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of like the heart and soul of that orphanage, you know? I mean, well, I don't know if you would call it that, but you know what I mean. Yeah, Um, I definitely would. Like, they're they're a good moral backbone for them, and, you know. Yeah, and now that's that's been taken from Yeah, and, like, Michelangelo almost always fills that position anyway. Like, I've always believed that he's, he's the actual heart of the Turtles. And he was passing it on to these little kids. And Annika yeah. followed suit, too. Yeah, and I think that's why, like, Slash Hurt, you know. And I hope we oh, – I may do a spoiler announcement. Slash Hurt, but I think this one hurts worse if she goes. You know what? You know, you know what? Slash Slash dying, as I was reading it, maybe it was because I already knew what happened, so I kind of built it up in my head a bit. Oh, but, like, yeah, going yeah. back to it or, like, or going to it for the first time, I was reading it kind of expecting – the moment that Jenica had here where she was explaining herself, uh, I was kind of expecting Slash to have that moment too, where he gives his swan song and he never really did. But like, but to no. be fair, there was a great moment right before he gets on the yeah. plane with Salad and Michelangelo just gives him a candy bar. Like, yeah. This is what a hero <laughs> gets. And I was like, Oh man, that is, that's a good cut. part. Like, yeah. that's like issue 18 where like, where he was dumb slash and Michelangelo gave him a candy bar. He's like, candy good. You know, I was like, I was like, yeah. Oh God, that kind of <laughs> kills me. That's a nice callback. And, and I like, it, it was a different kind of ending because with slash, it was like, things weren't said. And plus it was situated, but like he had to go to now. Yeah, true, true. And Sally pride, like I, I'll never forget. Um, just kind of look on her face as she's flying slash. Knowing, you know, that this is yeah, the last time he'll ever, she'll yeah. ever see him. And so, you know, it was powerful. It was powerful. But I think I, I, I was really attached to Jenica. And I didn't want to be right about her. And hopefully maybe there's still hope. But it sure doesn't look I don't, good. I, I think and, here, uh, I think with this storyline, they've got to they've gotta buck the trend. You know, yeah, oh, it's yeah. just the flush so wound. It's like, well, no, man, you've got you've to start paying up on some of these stakes you're making here. Yeah, I mean, if this is going to be a city of war, this is going to be the definitive war story arc going in issue 100, you know there's going to be some casualties. Yeah. I mean, it's a war for And, you know, this is, this is the moment where I kind of 
just Josh, the comic book reader, kind of comes out and it's just like, this is what I don't like about this issue is potentially none of this is going to mean anything. And I understand this, this. I mean, the rule with comic books is no matter how much stuff changes, the status quo will always be reset. The status quo is, is something that's set in stone. It will change, but it'll always go back. So like with this book, I really hope because they've done so much different. They've, they've, they've had, they've been brave enough to be like, look, we're not going to reboot this every two years, like Marvel or DC. We're not going to make sure that like, you know, like DC, like DC comics. I love DC comics as, as I've grown up, I've loved DC comics more and more and more, but it's incredibly obvious just from a business standpoint that that is the house that Batman built and every decision it revolves around Batman selling comic books. And I don't like that. And, 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 and from a business perspective, I get it. That is the, that is the golden goose there. But from a re, from a creators, from a creative mindset, it's just like, you know, there are some, I, I mean, everybody likes Batman, but there are so many other characters that are better than Batman. You know, like just stick, sticking in the Batman wheelhouse, like Batgirl and Nightwing are incredibly more approachable, easier to read, easier to follow. And just friendlier characters that are just like, just I just like those characters better. And you've got characters like flipping Superman. Superman is like the most recognizable superhero character on the planet. I was gonna say, yeah, be like, nice, man. No, 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 no. I, I mean, I love <laughs> Superman. Where like somebody actually figured out they did a worldwide. I can't remember who did it, but somebody did a worldwide poll of recognizable symbols, and the Superman S was second only to the the Christian cross in recognizability. Wow. Yeah. No or people wow. rec- almost as many people recognize Superman symbol as they do Jesus on the cross. And I was like Superman is a character that like knows no bounds. But like yeah. you're gonna let that character play second fiddle to Batman because it's popular right now. Like, oh planning. Ooh Study Hall. <laughs> Yay, Batman wins. Like, no, dude. I'm sorry. Superman built comic books. You know? It's... Ah, interesting and, stuff. And to tie it back to Ninja <laughs> Turtles, they don't care about that. They're like, what's the best story we can tell? And mm-hmm. and you know how I know? I mean, not that I know. And what makes me believe that is the fact that they haven't done what Marvel did, where, like, there is very little... Uh, there is very little difference between the Marvel movies in terms of how it looks and how the characters sound and act. There's no, there's almost no difference between the movies and the Marvel comic books. And I think that is so, you know, and it's lazy and it's just kind of a disservice to people that have been reading your books for 40 years. The Ninja Turtles are not trying, they didn't try to make it look like the, the 2014 and 2016 films. They're not trying to make it look like Rise of the Ninja Turtles. And they're not trying to make it look like the 1984 Turtles. You know? And they're not doing what the 2003 and 2012 series did, where, like, every time they would reference those old things, they made fun of it. It's like, ha-ha, we're cool, that stuff sucked, right, kids? Ha-ha-ha. You know? This series (laughs) doesn't do that. Yeah. You know, no, no. and it's just, I mean, like right from issue one, when you found out the turtles were reincarnated spirits, it's like, well, 
wow. just all bets are off, aren't they? I mean, we didn't realize it at the time, yeah. but they were just like so unafraid to go for it. And at the end of this issue, it's awesome where they have seemingly part one of a, a, a history of IDW's Ninja Turtles. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I was going to mention that. There's some fascinating yeah, stuff. Yeah, Eastman even says yeah. when he heard re- reincarnation, he was like, ooh, I don't know. He had to be won yeah. over by that. They had to prove to him that that was a good jumping off point. You know? Yeah, and guess what? It did eventually get Kevin Eastman's approval, but, you know, like you said, it it took some time to kind of for that to sink in. But I think it was a step in the right direction because that's just – setting the tone for the entire series like you just said yeah. because even if the reincarnation aspect doesn't matter anymore yeah yeah and tom waltz has shown respect to just about every iteration of the turtles that we've ever known still waiting while for next mutation issues man <laughs> i'm waiting while yeah while um while kind of adding his own things to make everything more meaningful and I and I I will step out on a limb and say this, and I and I, it's probably not fair for me to say because I've not read every single Mirage book, but so far, based on all the series I have read, ugh, I don't know. Tales of Tiamat is up there too. Yeah. I don't know. This, but let me just say this. Let me just say this. This is some of the greatest turtle stuff I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, the the things that have happened, and and the, uh, I think ten years from now we're gonna go back and and realize this was some of the best turtle stuff there ever was. Man, yeah. But, you know, that's just me. That's just me. I I wholeheartedly agree. I think, I mean, I'll go out and say it. I think this is the best Turtles comic ever. I mean, I I mean. I love my tails, man. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. Yeah, I mean, like that. I love them for different reasons. They're apples and oranges, really. I mean, there's a difference between best and favorite. My favorite is the art yeah. comics. That's, that's my sure. absolute favorite because, like, it takes the aesthetics of the old cartoon and it does different things with it. Like it, yeah. it's kind of like you know, like alternate timelines. I mean, it is. I mean, but like you know, the the Murakami Wolf animated series went one way, and then mm-hmm. Archie books took the same characters and did something different with it. And you know, by a couple of years went by, and all the characters that you were familiar with, like it really didn't matter anymore in in a good way. But like with the IDW Ninja Turtles, like they have just found ways they somehow, because I understand, like I've even said it, the thing that I don't like about this show or this uh, comic at one point, I didn't like it um, was how much they bank on nostalgia. Mm -hmm. And, but somehow they found a way to use nostalgia and not make it basically clickbait for you to buy a book. You know, where it was just like, like, you know, everybody loves, and I kind of like Star Wars. I, I don't mind Star Wars. It's it's cool. But like when I was sitting in the theater and I saw um, episodes, what was it? Eight? Yeah. Yeah. Force Awakens. That's what it was. When I saw Force Awakens, I was like, this is just a new hope all over again. <laughs> this is just a new hope. All right, fine. Movie made a billion dollars. Whatever. I really like Ray. I like Ray and Finn. I really, I love those two. Like how they're just like space buddies. You know, it's. I really <laughs> like that, man. I really like them. that. Should be its own series, Space Buddies. Space Buddies, and I really love Finn. <laughs> and it's so funny. My wife and Nicole says to me that I remind her of Finn, where like he does something super heroic and then something super dangerous shows up and he's like, okay, I'm going to go. <laughs> he spent <laughs> half out. of 
Force Awakens and half of uh, Last Jedi trying to run away from his problems. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And, um, <laughs> and I totally get what she means. Uh, it's not an insult at all. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they, but you know what I mean, though? They banked on nostalgia, at least for Force Awakens, and it was just like, oh, well, they just remade what they knew would work. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. The IDW's Turtles, they took what they, what they knew would work but they took it in. They took it to the nth degree. We're like Bebop. We see Bebop and Rocksteady, and we remember the '80s cartoon, and they're like flipping murderers in this book, yeah. who somehow became antiheroes. And now, mm-hmm. like you look at any Bebop and Rocksteady car, uh, comic book, and it's basically an episode of Perfect Strangers. You know, <laughs> it's and somehow. It works. It works. We accept it because we saw like how terrible. Like they've kind of redeemed themselves. Yeah. And like. Oh yeah. And, like, oh gosh. Yeah. While still being bad guys, you know, and it works. Well, it's kind of like Karai too. I mean, Karai is one of those villains you love to hate. Karai, like she, there's something about her you so likable. So Karai's close. path is probably the best universe story arc. Well, one of the best ones out there. Oh, it, so. it, it is. That's the best universe story in my opinion yeah it's like the metalhead one comes super close i like that one. uh-huh but karai's path oh yeah yeah the metalhead i forgot about that one karai's path just knocked it out of every ballpark it found you know it was good but um mm-hmm. she was so close to being that like she's a hero again yeah sure demon sword aside <laughs> and then she and then the first time a little bit of opposition hit her and it got this is what makes Karai super relatable to me because like the, the minute it got hard, she flipped back on her old ways where he's like, Nope. Splinter's like, Nope, you can't have the foot clan unless if you, you either let these kids go or you raise them properly or you can't have the foot clan. She like basically threw a tantrum. She's like, okay, well I challenge you to the gauntlet. He's like, no, he's like, well, let's screw you. I'm going to take all your toys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking my toys and I'm going home. I'm, run, I'm going. I'm going yeah, home. Like kid that steals like, his controller for the Xbox and runs home. Like, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you what. I think, I think a parting question for this episode would be, I would say, do you think Jenica is dead? But I, I think by the time the listeners will hear this, we'll know for sure. We're going to know, know in if, five if days. We're gonna, by yeah, the time right, episode right. goes live, we'll know. Yeah. Right. So, so basically, I guess I'll leave the question a little bit more general. Who do you think is going to get it in the story arc, if anyone? You know, if you think everyone's going to get out scot free, I highly doubt that. But you know what? It could happen. And um, you know what, listeners? I, if I could pose my own question, part two mm-hmm. questions, part two. Uh, what are your plans for after issue one hundred? Like, are you planning? I mean, like, we all know that this is going to work in some way. It's it might not resemble what it resembles now. And we don't know who's going to be with the book creatively after issue 100. But what are your plans for it? Are you going to stick with it? Or are you going to be like, hmm. or is it going to be like an Avengers Endgame situation where it's just like, you know what? I'm kind of done with those. You know, it's just like hmm. I read this much of it. It's good. Yeah. I don't want to read any more because it might sully this. You know, like who knows? You know, like. That's a good point. You know, a lot of times people want to kind of end things on a positive note. Uh, some chapters are meant to end. I, sometimes there's only so much emotion you can take. You're like, okay, I gotta, I gotta take a break for a while. You know, so that's a great. Yeah, question. and they've they've already said issue 100 is gonna be a a big issue. Like they said, it's gonna be a 50 page issue. 
and you know the, some serious things are going to happen. And they're alluding to somebody dying because they said, if you remember issue fifty, you'll know where we're going. It's like issue fifty is better yeah. dies. Spoilers. <laughs> like, like I always say, it actually. Yeah, well, like, <laughs> we've been we've been a turtles podcast for five years, man. If you don't know by now, <laughs> good lord, uh, go listen. Turtle soup. I don't have time for you. Oh, that's great. That's great. Oh, speaking of which, a lot of great podcasts out there. Go listen to all of them. Yeah, I'm so sorry yeah, I, I forgot to mention them at the top of the show. But, you know, speaking of links and everything, if you have an email for us, uh, send us an email at turtleflakespodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at turtleflakes, all one word. And we have a Facebook group page at facebook.com slash groups slash turtleflakes. And, of course, you can always give us a call or leave us a message on our Turtlecom hotline. The number is 865 865- 309-4875 and uh, big slice goes out to our good buddy Mark Pellegrini from TMNT Entity a great resource for Turtle Comic Reviews and another great show is the Totally Tubular Turtle Tuesday um, which is a YouTube show by BatBomb82 our buddy Anthony Hernandez he does a lot of great family friendly reviews of turtle figures and, and other figures as well so check out his show it's all um, clean family friendly stuff you can play in front of the kids obviously some great reviews too excellent production there and uh, we're proud partners with the Retro Gaming Times magazine you can check that out online along with all the all back issue or all the back issues at classicplastic.net slash TRT and last but not least Josh, would you like to talk about your turtle blog real quick? Uh, yeah, you can also find me at turtletracksblog.com. Uh, turtle Tracks blog is a website where I basically just kind of I do a lot of I'm I do a lot of Ninja Turtle writing, uh, talking about action figures. I do a lot of toy reviews, video game stuff. I'm, I'm slowly branching into video game stuff. Uh, I don't like writing about video games because it just in, it involves a lot of time invested, and I just don't have a lot of that. Um, but I, lot of, I write a lot about movies, the pop culture industry as a whole, um, comic book essays, stuff like that. And you can also find me at you can also find me on YouTube. I have a gaming channel called Turtle Tracks Games, uh, where you can watch me play. Um, I just finished my full playthrough of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutants in Manhattan. Um, I do a lot of Friday the Thirteenth videos. I'm getting into Dead by Daylight videos, um, and just a lot of just random video games like uh you know i just did a just uploaded a video where i'm playing comic zone and i'm gonna start a new series on my youtube channel called let's ruin um where it's gonna be um i use terrible exploits to play games very cheaply whereas i had a i did a let's ruin there's this game called gone home and i did a let's ruin of it and i beat this game which usually takes about an hour and a half and i beat it in a minute and 37 seconds (laughs) figures and it's what it is. It's like it's this emotional journey of these people in this game, and I completely just found the exit and beat the game with no emotional context. It's like that's I ruined the game. There it is. There it is. <laughs> and my next video of that in that series is actually going to be Let's Ruin Resident Evil Two, where I play the game on the easiest difficulty with a rocket launcher with infinite ammo. <laughs> oh, nice! There you go. There you go. Where so the zombies like, have to survive. Yeah, man, you know, just Mr. X is running from me. You know. <laughs> totally pulled a Rorschach, you know, they're locked in there with me. Oh, you know, that's so. great. I love it. Well, Hoser, that was a great issue. Really excited for issue 94. Guys, stay tuned for that. Uh, that'll be on the next episode. 
Obviously, 94 will probably be out by the time you you hear this. But we're back. We are not going anywhere, obviously. We, we always try to say that. Sorry for the, the big gap in recording, but we're back full force, especially through the summer, and really excited to talk some new Turtles comics here. So stay tuned. And uh, Hosehead, what kind of pizza are we going to have to close out another Totally Tubular episode of Turtle Flakes? You know what? I want to go for a margarita pizza. Mar- you know what that is? Uh, yeah, yeah, with the fresh cut tomatoes and the spinach. Yeah, well, it's a basil. 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 That's it. That's it. Yeah. So it's it's nothing but just mozzarella sauce, olive oil, and basil. Okay, so. I'm just gonna yeah, go. go classic margarita. You know what? I think like I said, margarita pizza, and a bunch of single ladies are like, "Woo, party!" And I was like, "No, <laughs> no, we're talking classic Italian pizza here." <laughs> All the uh... rugers like, "Woo, woo, <laughs> <laughs> party!" Sorry, honey, that's not what it is. Uh, you're, you're spoken for, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry, lady. You know, yeah, sorry, no, can't do it. Yeah, no. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, sorry, thank there you. weren't a lot of people speaking for me. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was not a lot of people ringing my doorbell here. Oh, buddy, I know that. I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. All right, news of this. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for... Uh, sticking with us during all these you know these lulls that we often get it's been a blast to do this show and um we're looking forward to talking turtles with you next time so on behalf of josh and myself here's to hoping you enjoy your friends enjoy your family and a mega slice of margarita pizza cowabunga dudes cowabunga everyone <laughs> but um, the the thing that draws me to it so much are the characters. Um, it, it feels, and you know, the funny thing is, as I was reading this comic, um, I kind of was reminded of Game of Thrones a little bit because you have so many different storylines, so many different characters um, involved here, going in different directions. And, and, and when a character dies or seemingly dies, it really kind of hits you hard because you've been invested in this character for so long. Um, that's just yeah. how Game of Thrones is for me. And I'm telling you, I'm not one. I've watched a lot of horror movies. I've watched a lot of... You, you would think that I am um, used to, I guess, the the tension that, that shows create and stuff. Well, I watched an episode yesterday of Game of Thrones. It was the, I think, third or fourth episode of season eight. And it's basically yeah. the, the last stand against the undead army. And I'm telling you, my heart was racing so much. I had a red I had a Red Bull with me. I had to put it down, man. <laughs> I was I was freaking out so much because I was like, oh no, they're gonna kill my favorite character. And there were so many different things going on at once. And it was basically like a fight where for for once, they got me. They fooled me because I was like, there's no way they're gonna make it through this. Because the hordes of the undead just kept coming and coming and just destroying them. And every time they give you a little like sliver of hope, they would just dash it right away. Yeah. Um, dude, like there's this great scene. I'll, I'll shut up after this. But there's a scene where the Dothraki army, they're the, the like, basically the front squadron that's going to go ahead and attack the undead. Because they know the undead are coming. They're just kind of waiting and fortifying yeah. the city. So... Mm-hmm. The Dothraki army, you can tell they're all nervous and everything, right? But they're, they're capable warriors. They're, they're not, you know, they're definitely capable. They're, they're actually a major threat in the first season. 
Well, yeah. they join up to fight with the North, and one of the, the witches comes by, and she enchants all their weapons to where they're on fire. So you're like, oh, man, now we have a chance. You know, this is going to be great. So they're the front line, right? So they go running at the undead, and it's nighttime, so you can't see anything but the flames going toward the undead in the, in the distance. Oh, yeah. yeah, so it's a great visual, right? Well, yeah. all of a sudden, you see the flames, right? And everyone's watching in anticipation from the castle thinking, oh, God, how's this going to go? Then all of a sudden, you just start seeing all the flames just flicker out. And oh, oh, my God. And before you know it, they're all dead. And still, the undead's still coming towards us. It's like, dang, that, there goes any hope they had. <laughs> <laughs> Man, oh, it was so good. Don't even work. Yeah. <laughs> Like, she made such a big deal about enchanting those weapons, and then they died. So, yeah. Sorry, I spoiled that for you. Oh, oh I don't. I, I'm never going to see the show. It's fine. I, you know, I started. I started kind of reading one of the books, and I put it down. And it was just one of those dumb things that people do, where like you start reading a book, and you're like, "This is good," and you put yeah. it down for a bit, and then like four years goes by, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I was reading this." <laughs> I completely forgot everything that happened. Yeah, that's me, that's me in video games. Yeah, and. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I, I kind of try to stick with just a couple of different games. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you, buddy. I hear you. Well, good, man. Well, I, I vote we just jump right into it. What do you say? Yeah. Okay, cool. 